Hi, this is Lily, and I'm a member of the Beacon Church. Welcome to our podcast. If you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to meet you. We meet every Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30, or 12 noon. We are located at 65 East Williston Avenue in East Williston, New York. For more information, visit us at visitbeacon.com. See you soon. Many of us live as if Jesus Christ was still dead. I don't know how this happens to us, but it's actually really easy for that to be our reality. We forget. I forget. I go about life forgetting what Easter is all about. I know that seems a little odd to say on Easter, and as a Christian of a few decades now, But I would be surprised if many of us here didn't wrestle with a similar problem. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we all pray to God. I mean, at least most everyone that you will ever meet prays to God. You are in church this morning probably because you have some belief that God is real and you probably feel that it is better for you to have some sort of relationship with him than no relationship with him. That's unless, of course, you were dragged here this morning because you might have been dragged here because it's Easter and so somebody in your life said, it's Easter, you got to go to church with me. And so if that's you here this morning, then I hope you enjoy the bagels and the coffee and the other snacks. And I, and I, I do hope that the morning is still significant for you, that you will uh, give us a chance to talk about what an incredible treasure uh, a relationship with God really is. Or maybe that's not why you're here. Maybe you're here because you have some lingering sense from childhood that you're supposed to be here. I mean, it's Easter. You know, I mean, I should go to church just in case. You know, you never know. Or maybe you're here because, you know, you know the Pope told you you're supposed to go to church on Sunday. And so you're like, oh, I guess I should go because he said I should go. That's actually a tangent. That's not where I was going, so I should get back to what we were saying. But the point was that most everyone prays, which means that we talk to God. We talk to God. And when we're talking to God, we know that it's good. I mean, it's something at least, right? I mean, when you're actually praying, you're not not talking to yourself, are you? I mean, you wouldn't want to be caught talking to yourself, Although I have heard that one advantage to talking to yourself is that you're guaranteed that at least one person is listening. So there's always that. According to the Pew Research Foundation, 55% of people pray every day. That seems like a pretty high number. Every day, more than half the people pray. 84% say that they have prayed in the last week. Even non-religious people will admit that in times of crisis, they will often pray. Which really means that most everyone talks to God. But I don't think we really expect to hear anything back from God. I mean, think about your own prayer time. If you have a set time where you dedicate it to prayer, do you actually expect to hear from God? Or what about throughout the rest of your day? You're kind of going along, doing your thing, keeping busy. 
do you ever have a sense of anticipation that God is actually going to communicate with you? That in some very real way, he's going to speak to you. See, I don't think that many of us expect a dialogue with the Almighty. I would say some of us actually don't even want a dialogue with the Almighty. I don't think we want to hear back from God. Maybe we don't want to hear because we're pretty sure that he has something to say that we don't want to hear. You know how, you know how that goes, right? You kind of know, sort of expect what he's going to say. And you're like, you know, I think we should rather just keep a little distance here. So, you know, we watch uh, The Walking Dead in our house. And so, like, don't judge. But, um, <laughs> but uh, although this season, it's like, it's lousy. But anyway, I don't know. It's still, we still watch it. And so, but we don't have cable. So we watch it on Amazon, which means we watch it a day or two late. So if something really big happens and you're around other Walking Dead fans, which I, there are some of you here, so don't make it like you don't. But, but so if you're, you're around them, they're like, did you see what happened? And of course, I haven't seen what happened because I didn't get to watch it yet because I'm a few days behind on it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Stop talking right now. No, no, la, 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 la. Like you remember when you were a kid in the playground, somebody's going to say something. You're like, no, I can't hear it. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You're trying to drown out that, you know, what you know is coming and you don't want to hear. I think that's how many of us are with God. We actually don't want to hear from him. What we want is we want to deposit a couple of credits we want to pull the magic arm. We want to wait for a little payout just when we need it. But that's about it. So if we don't expect or we don't want a dialogue with God, guess what happens? We don't. We actually don't. I know it seems weird to talk about hearing from God. You know, we speak... When we speak to God, it's called prayer. And it sounds so, like, spiritual. And we like to be spiritual people. And so, you know, it's even a, an important discipline. So we talk about prayer. And whenever you're speaking to God, it's, it's, it's prayer. I prayed today. That's what it's called. However, what is it called when God speaks to us? Schizophrenia. That's what they call it. They say you're crazy, which I, I'm not even sure if we're allowed to say that. Anymore, that you're, a, you're a person with mental illness is what happens. And, and you go, wait, how is that? How is it? I, I talk to him. It's prayer and it's noble, but he speaks to me and suddenly I'm crazy. But then you have all these personal stories. You hear from people or you read stories through the ages. For thousands of years, the mystics write and others write, the prophets and and you read these stories and you hear of all these people that seem to hear from God. And then you talk to people today, my own experience, the experience of many people who are sitting in this room, and they, they seem to indicate that they do hear from God, that they do often know his will for their lives, for their, his plans. They understand his presence. They've experienced it. And, and you think, wait a second, all of these testimonies, from so many different people, the kinds of people who, if you met them, you know, you wouldn't think that these people are crazy. Or at least you wouldn't think that most of those people are crazy. Some of them they still seem a little crazy. But there's such a widespread reality 
of God actually communicating with us as individuals. So it's not just that, though. But So you've got all this, these testimonies. You've got all, this, all these examples of people actually experiencing it. But it's not only that. It's also the fact that Easter exists. See, Easter gives us every reason to expect an ongoing and a personal conversation with God. See, the resurrection, you got to think about, this is profound, right? The resurrection of Jesus means he's alive. That's brilliant, right? Like, you're like, yeah, we sort of figured that one out ourselves. But it, no, but really, just think about it. Just like, just think about it for a moment. Because the resur- after the resurrection, what took place? Immediately, Jesus starts up a conversation with a woman that came to the, to the tomb. Shortly after that, he sees a couple of his buddies walking on the road to Emmaus and he joins them for an extended conversation. Then his peeps are hanging out in a locked room. Jesus just appears there in the midst of his peeps and he's like, hola, you know, or aloha. You know, whatever you want to use. Because what he said was shalom. What he said was peace, which is really the same thing as like aloha. But because what he's saying is harmony. I'm wishing you harmony between you and God. Between you and me. He's offering peace, harmony, which is relational. There's no breach in the relationship anymore. This is what he's, he's promising them. And then Jesus goes on to promise them something even more spectacular. He's going to explain to them that he has to leave the earth again. This is found in John 14, 16. If you could open up in a Bible to John 14, 16. What we've got going on here as far as background is he's speaking to his disciples before his crucifixion. And so kind of the timeline is this. Jesus has been teaching for three years. He's been active in ministry for about three years. He's about to be crucified, which we commemorate on Good Friday. Then there is the day of waiting, which is Holy Saturday. Then there's the resurrection, which we recognize here on Easter. And after that, he spends some 40 days hanging out with his people, hanging out with his followers, hanging out with his disciples. And he's teaching them, but at the end of it, he's going to ascend to heaven, which means he's going to leave them again, which of course feels like less relationship. It feels like less communication because now he's going to leave. But this is how he explains his leaving and his coming and why he's doing all of this. John 14, 16, he says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. Just keep in mind all this relational language that he's covering here. Verse 17, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, more family language. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live you also will live on that day. You will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Now look down at verse 26. 
but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Wait, so everything that Jesus has said is going to be, we're going to be reminded of it through this Holy Spirit, through the advocate who's going to take the spirit of Jesus and make it alive and real and communicative to us. He's going to be teaching, leading, guiding us. In fact, he even goes on, flip over to John 16, verse 7. Just a page or two there. John 16, 7. He says, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus, he's about to ascend into heaven, which seems like he's leaving his disciples, which seems like less relationship, which seems like less communication. And he's saying, no, because I leave, there's going to be more communication. As long as I remain here in the flesh, I'm limited in how many people I can actually communicate with, how many I can have relationship with. His dance card gets filled up real quick. But if I go, then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God takes my presence, takes my spirit, brings it to all who follow me. He is promising us better and richer and more significant and more ongoing communication because he's gone from, in, from the earth in bodily form. But he is not gone from the relationship, not at all. That's his promise to us. Now, you might say, all right, well, just because he's alive doesn't mean he actually wants to talk to me. I can certainly understand why we would feel that way. I mean, there's a great big world out there. It's huge. And how much exists beyond our little planet? How many other planets, how many other solar systems, how many other galaxies or dimensions that God has to manage out there? All possibly, who knows, teeming with life. What is going on in this great big cosmos? So much that we might not even see that God is so busy overseeing and managing. I mean, just consider our little corner of it, right? So here's like, what well, this is like the Great Lakes. We're over here. I think this is like Maine. All right, here's Long Island there, and we're right here. This right here, the New York metro area, 20 million people. That's a whole lot of voices. That's a whole lot of people. That's a whole lot of life situations. With all that is out there, does God even know me? How could he possibly even know me? And yet you read the Bible and there are so many metaphors that are used over and over and over again that point to God's desire for a relationship. He talks about a marriage. He talks about family. He calls us children. He even calls us friend. John 15, 15, he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you. Most everyone has heard of Psalm 23. Super popular. Recently, it struck me anew. 
How many personal pronouns are in Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And on and on it goes. I haven't gotten through half of the psalm. See, he knows you. He loves you. You are wildly important to God. Do you know that? Has that truth sunk into your soul? That you're wildly important to the, to the almighty, the creator of the universe. You, personally. I hope you've heard that. In fact, turn to the person next to you and tell them that. Tell them you are wildly important to God. Go ahead and tell the person next to you. Look them in the eye and tell them you are wild. Now turn to the person on your other side. They need to hear it as well. You are wildly important to God. What a gift. You personally. You're wildly important to the creator of the universe. He knows you and he desperately loves you. Now, if he is able to communicate because he is alive, and if he wants to communicate because he loves me, that begs a question. Why do we still not hear him? Why do we still not hear him? There was an old man. He was wondering whether his wife had a hearing problem. And so she kept denying it, denying it, denying it. He was really convinced that she did have a hearing problem. So he decides to run a little test without her knowing it. So she's facing away from him in one of the rooms, sitting in a little chair. And he backs up and he's kind of down the hallway. And he says, hey, honey, can you hear me? Nothing. He hears nothing. So he takes a few steps forward. He gets a little closer. He's like, hey, honey, can you hear me? Nothing. He gets nothing at all. He gets right up behind her and he says, honey, can you hear me? And she says, for the third time, yes. <laughs> Who's got the hearing problem? I think many of our problems are hearing problems. I think that's a reality. All right, so Matt, Christine, I'm going to have you guys come help me out with something here. Matt and Christine are going to help me because, well, because I want you to. And because now I called you out. So you're going to be God. Okay. All right. You're God today. So have a seat, God. Okay. Don't let it go to your head. I Matt, you're not God. <laughs> you're actually us. And um, does this feel in any way how the marriage is actually run? Or is this just... <laughs> All right. So put these on. There you go. And face away. We've got to flip that one over. That's, you got to 
this out there. I gotta flip it there. Oh, nice. Put it on wrong. There you go. Okay. All right, now face that way. And, and you got a big book you're working on because this is like all the stuff going on in all of the galaxies. And so you're just gonna kind of keep yourself real busy. And so, you know, we view God often in this way. Like, you know, we, you're, we, you're us, and you're, tr you're trying to, you're not smiling though because you're not happy because um, <laughs> he's actually not paying attention, right? And so this is how we view it is you're kind of look longingly, like you really want, like, you know, his affection. <laughs> You know, to kind of, and, and so, but of course, no, because God is actually really, really busy running the universe. And this is how we often relate. We're just sort of anxiously hoping, waiting, longingly. Give us a little longing. Yep. You know, long, you can even reach out a hand like you're waiting. Yeah, see, like you're longingly hoping and just, you know, you're hoping God just kind of in his busyness drops a little breadcrumb, you know, for us. You know, if he could just spare me a few moments. And yet, then when you get to the scriptures, you realize this isn't the picture that is painted at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. So here, God, you spin around. Let me have the headphones. We're going to give those to you. And now what ends up happening really, according to the Bible, is you are weighed down with all of the pressures of life. You've got all sorts of issues and problems. And in actuality, you're the one turning your back and life is so busy, so cluttered, and God is actually here hoping, well, no, that would be Christine. Um, no, you actually aren't. That's how Christine actually is. But no, that's not what God does. God is, is actually respecting your boundaries a little more than that. But you know what's going on is we have so much noise in our heads and we have so much going on in our lives and we're, we're just piling up and so anxious with the weight that the world has pressed in us and we're really only listening for a couple of things and because of this we really actually do feel like well if God wants to communicate he really does need to climb over the table he needs to like do something big you know he needs to like here like do some magic over his head or something like you know like magic over his head. Yeah, like this is what we want. We want God to like do something magical like dream or vision or audible voice. You know, we want him to yell like, thus saith the Lord. Go ahead, give him a, thus, no louder, give him a big one. Thus, thus saith the Lord. Yeah, this is what we want. Like, you know, we want some sort of prophetic utterance. And yet, this isn't the way God will primarily communicate with us. But our reality makes it feel like it's the exact opposite of this. Let's give them a, let's give them a hand. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys can do the analysis later as to how that impacts your marriage. But I think this is what happens is that we actually have a hearing problem that we attribute to him. But you see, God does communicate. He communicates, and he communicates in many, many different ways. And I think this is part of the problem. I think sometimes we can't hear him because we don't recognize the many different ways that he communicates. We're actually only listening for one or for two types. And if he doesn't show up in exactly the way we need or expect him to or think we need him to, we end up missing the far more common and often more subtle ways that God is actually communicating. Right? Maybe, yeah, maybe you'll hear an audible voice or maybe you'll get a dream or a vision or some prophet will show up and knock you on the head. That could happen, sure. 
just in my experience, it isn't that common. It isn't that common. And this is actually really good news for people who, who sort of have wondered about this. Because you might come from kind of a background or you have like that crazy aunt who gets like a message a minute from God. You know, like you're like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, well, God told me, you know, to wake up at 6 this morning. And then he told me to spend some time in prayer. He told me to have an omelet. And then he told me to head off to work. And then he told me to, and you're like, oh, brother, really? Like, and then you still, but you start to wonder, like, how come, is God wasting all of his words on you? And not on, like he's, can he split them up a little bit and give me a couple of them? And I think... Usually what's going on here is they might really be experiencing an ongoing relationship with God, but the language that they're using can often be more harmful for those of us who aren't feeling like I'm getting a message a minute. Not to mention, I'm not sure a message a minute is even a healthy way to build a relationship, but these are all things that we're going to be covering in the course of, of this series. But the idea of having to listen in different ways to try to experience what God is really saying we're going to learn about those. We're going to study those in this series. See, God also communicates mostly when we can hear him. And this is kind of a different idea, but it, it, we're, we're going to be looking at a book uh, over the next few weeks as well called Whisper by Mark Batterson. He's got some really great uh, ideas about this topic. And he tells the story of a New York City school, like a grammar school, I think, and on one side of the school, there's all of these classes and grades. And on the other side, they have the same classes or grades, but just a different group of students. And there's no differentiation between them, meaning they're not graded different, and the teachers are all comparable, and the students are all comparable. Curriculum is all the same. But they notice that the kids on this side of the building weren't doing so good, that they're actually falling behind academically compared to the kids on this side but there's nothing different between them, except that this side of the building was next to an elevated train. So all day long, the train is rumbling past their school. So the city puts up sound abatement construction. They put up the equipment that will make it, you know, will, will make it so the sound is less uh, intrusive into the classroom. And they watch the grades level out just because of the noise. Less performance, less ability to hear, less ability to learn because of the noise. And I think God very often is trying to communicate with us, but there's just too much noise. Noise in our heads, noise in our souls. Over the course of this series, we're going to look at some strategies of creating space, creating an environment, a place, a time where we can actually quiet our souls enough so that we can hear God. We also know that God communicates usually for relationship. And this is an important uh, part of what we will learn. So you might have seen it kind of in your own circumstances, you, or at least you kind of hear the stories, right? You've got a husband, he's busy, he's watching the game, right? He's super busy. And while he's super busy watching the game, you know, his wife is trying to get him to interact in some way or do something, and all he hears is, right, in the background, and so he's not hearing anything. And she's just like, you know, that's it. He's kind of in the, but if you put her all the way across the other side of the room, and she says, hey, sweetheart, whispering, would you like me to make you lunch and bring you a beer and massage your feet? He's like, yeah. 
yeah, that I heard. That frequency comes in loud and clear. He's like, how is that possible? When I was right behind you saying, wah, 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 I got nothing. But, you know, sometimes we only, we only hear what we're listening for. And many a time when people are saying they want to hear from God, what they're really hoping for is to hear, what do I do next? What's my next thing? God, I have this circumstance, I have this situation, I need to know what to do now. That's what we do. And if you're only listening for that, but that's not what God is actually trying to communicate with you, then you might not be hearing him at all. We want to know what to do next, but it's such a tiny part of what God has to say to you. You know, Christianity, it's not some like baptized form of fortune telling. You know, we're going to take the communion wafer and wrap it up in the shape of a cookie and stick a paper in it with a little catchy saying and some lucky numbers. You know, that's not Christianity. And I can't even begin to imagine what we've missed out on hearing. The things that our Heavenly Father is trying to communicate to us, the things that Jesus wants us to hear. You know, I wonder how often he's saying, come on, come, let's, let's hang out. Let's sit. Let's spend some time. Let's be together. Let's get to know each other. Or maybe he's saying, hey, you know, why don't you come away with me a little bit and rest? You know, why don't you, why don't you kick back? Why don't you relax? Why don't you move away from the pressure? Or maybe he's telling you, listen, don't worry what they've said. You're beautiful. You're my spotless bride. I love you. Maybe he's coming up alongside you in a challenging time where you know you failed. And he's saying, listen, yeah, it's tough, man. You screwed it up. But I forgive you. How many need to hear that? And we're missing out on it. How many want to hear, listen, I do love you. Hey, well done. I'm proud of you. There's a whole wealth of things that are out there. And for us to be able to hear the smile of the Almighty in our souls. So is anybody listening? It's a really good question. I don't know. It seems to me very often I'm not. I miss the opportunity. But he wants us to. He wants us to listen because he certainly is, and we can. We're going to be studying over the next six or seven weeks the many different ways that God is communicating with you. And there is so much beauty, and there's so much encouragement, and there's power, and there's guidance, and there's conviction, and there's healing, and there's forgiveness, and it all awaits us because Jesus is alive. He's alive and he wants to communicate with us. In fact, he came back from the dead to make it possible. And he will communicate with you. He will. Through a whole multitude of ways that will be personal and they will be ongoing because he desperately loves you. I'm going to ask the band to come up and they're going to lead us into a time of communion and a couple of worship songs as we let these ideas and thoughts settle into our hearts. But as they come up, would you just let me pray with you guys 
Father, I'm asking that you would do the kind of work that only you can do. Lord, we are often hard of hearing. Often, Lord, we forget to stop, to develop the relationship. We just check in, Lord, in, in a few moments of crisis, and, but we haven't tuned our ears to hear yet. And because of that, Father, we often feel alone. And yet over and over in your word, you promise us that we're not alone, that you really do love us, that you want a personal and ongoing conversation with each and every one of us. Lord, you're not too busy because you're unbelievably powerful. And the power of the Spirit is working in our lives and in the world today such that every one of us can approach you in life-giving relationship. We want it, Father. Make it more and more real for each of us. In Christ's name, amen.